Yeah. Come on, you can clap a little bit better than that. Not for me, just clap. Come on. Glad that you're here with us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, thanks for just making it out to church. Again, what a great time that we can come to church, but also uh, view online as well. And that by way of reminder, uh, our services are, are being live streamed uh, this week. And that, of course, we have our YouTube channel that's up and going. And uh, we have welcomed those that are listening by podcast or YouTube. So come on, one more time, give it up for everybody online. We love you guys. We're glad you're here with us this morning. Uh, we're on a, a series called Worship, It's More Than Words, and if you've been with us, hopefully there's been some uh, uh, insight given to you about worship, that it's not just what just took place up here a moment ago. Uh, I was raised in a church service, uh, you know, and, and just going to church all my life and, and heard that people use the term worship, we're going to go to worship, we're going to go to a place uh, where we worship God, but they called the whole event worship, or maybe it was a certain style, or maybe you grew up in, with, with the choir in the background and, and, and the cool sister on the organ. Come on, y'all remember that? Come on, the sister that could play the organ? Come on, somebody. Uh, so we, we've been finding out that worship's a little bit more than that, and, and we found out from the book of Romans that, that we worship God with our bodies by presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. So, so what we're finding out is that worship just isn't a Sunday thing. Worship is something we do all all the time with every part of our body, every part of our being, I should say. And one of the ways we worship God is with our body. We, 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 we take, uh, take our body away from certain things, uh, away from certain maybe environments or certain people and, you know, unmarried people don't, don't do stuff that married people do. And, and there's certain things that we do sexually. There's certain things we do purity. There's certain things that we do with our bodies in worship to God because we found out that our bodies now are temples of the Holy Spirit and God lives in us. Kind of get a little feedback up in the house, yeah. And we found out last week that we worship God with our soul or our mind, our wills, our emotions, and our intellect. And so we, 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 don't, we just don't let our minds and our, our soul go crazy as we have seen now during this, this virus and what's going on with the corona uh, virus and what's going on around the world. And how many know it, it, it is the end of the world when, when you run out of toilet paper? That is the end of the world, come on. And so y'all have seen all kind of memes and stuff on social media. And, and uh, wow, it's just, you know, I'm 60 years old. I've never seen this. And those that are older than me have never seen what's going on now, maybe, unless you've been in a foreign country where there's been wars or disasters. And, and so we're just living really in some unprecedented times. And so in unprecedented times, it, it takes you maybe doing some unprecedented things. And so I want to encourage you, press in with God. Come on, have, have some God time during this. And, and let, let's, let's worship God with our, with, our, with our bodies. Let's worship God with our souls. But today, what I want to encourage is, is we've read a scripture before that, that we need to be spiritually minded. The Bible tells us that, that if we're just going to be carnally minded or naturally minded, it will not produce life and peace. The scripture says if we're going to be spiritually minded, it will produce life and peace. So I want to encourage you what you do with your mind during these times that we're in will produce you know, no fear and produce peace and, and love and joy that God's with you and everything's going to turn out and everything's going to be okay and, and he's going to protect you. And I still believe in angels surrounding us and protecting us. Come on. I believe no weapon formed against us will prosper. Come on. I, I believe that stuff. Hopefully you do too because that's going to give you peace 
in the middle of a storm. And it's important that you rise up in your soul and you speak to every mountain. You speak to every storm that's trying to come to your mind and your kid's mind and just don't let it in your house. So we worship God with our bodies we talked about. We worship God with our souls. And today we want to talk about kind of our third lesson in this series is that we worship God with our spirit. Come on, can you say that? We worship God with our spirit. And we'll talk about that all day. We're going to kind of bring you maybe a little different slant than you've heard before. I think it's going to help you. Here's the thought, the big thought. It's an internal thing that affects everything. We worship God with our spirit, and it's an internal thing that will then affect everything. We know man is a three-part being. We've talked about that before from 1 Thessalonians. It tells us that man is a spirit, he has a soul, and he lives in a body. So we're a three-part being. That's why I believe that we are to worship God with every part of our life. Our bodies, our soul, mind, will, emotions, intellect, and also with our spirit. But again, we, we kind of think that, again, the church world might, might think, and most Christians would think that, well, that's just a Sunday thing. That's just something I do for an hour, an hour and a half. Well, come on, if you're in one of those churches, three hours, can I get an amen? Come on, that church. Uh, but but, but it, it's not just that. It, it's going to affect every single thing that we do, and, and, but not just here, not just for these 90 minutes or 80 minutes in our church service, but we worship God with every single thing in us and about us and with us. So by, by way of reminder, I want to encourage you, is that everything that you put in you will affect everything that happens to you. Every single thing you put in you, every single food you eat will reproduce or produce something in you you like or don't like. Everything you put in your mind, will, emotions, and intellect will produce something you want or you don't want. Everything you allow or disallow or put in your spirit will cause you to increase and grow and flourish and be strong or cause you to shrivel and diminish and be fearful and negative. Whatever you put in will affect everything that happens to you. So it is critical that you choose the right diet for your body, for your soul, and for your spirit. Now, what we found out from the book of Corinthians before, and I'll read it to you one more time. It's in the New Living Translation in chapter 10. Paul writes to the Corinthians and he says this, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do in your life, do it all as worship to God. And so by way of reminder, we've said you should work and go to work and you work unto God as worship. You lead your family and you, you raise your children as a single mom or a single dad or a married couple as worship to God. You serve in the church and you do with your gift, talent, and ability as Worship to God. Every single thing you do, the scripture says, whether you eat, whether you drink, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Do it as a worship. Do it as a sacrifice. Do it as a sweet incense rising from your life to God. Worship should affect every single area of our life, every area of our life. The, the Bible tells us this, that whoever's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So the spirit that you have, your spirit, your born-again spirit, is one spirit with God. You don't have a different spirit. You have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. The very same spirit of the Father God, who is spirit, is in your spirit. Not the same as far as you being God Almighty. You're not. You're not God. You're a child of God. Can I get an amen up in here? 
But what we know as we read the scripture is that God's spirit's alive. God's spirit's active. God's spirit's moving. God's spirit's changing things. God's spirit is equipping people. God's spirit's giving direction. God's spirit's giving peace. Come on, God's spirit's bringing salvation. God's spirit's bringing healing. God's spirit is expelling darkness. Come on, that's who you are. That's, that's who we are. That, that's just the word of God. So this is who you are. But in times like this, it's imperative that you remind yourself. You remind yourself over and over and over in the Old Testament, it would say, remember, 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 remember. Because I don't know about you, sometimes I forget, 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 and forget. And we're living in the day and the age that our attention span is so easily swayed by back in the day, you know, a long, long time ago, if you wanted to get news, it was printed the next day in the paper. Or then we progressed. If you wanted to get news, it had to be at 6 o'clock on three channels, ABC, CBS, or NBC. Now we got everything quick, happening quick. And if you're not careful, your attention will be directed toward that and you will be, begin worshiping with your spirit, your soul, and your body fear and negativity and damning words and it will engulf you and you will eat it and it will become you my challenge is listen to the news just a little bit but hear God a whole lot more come on hear God a whole lot more be informed come on be informed be informed don't be misinformed but but be informed but but have the information of God and his word more resident in your heart can, can come on somebody say amen Look at me real quick on the screen. Uh, we'll have some scriptures there. This, I, I love this scripture. Maybe you haven't read it because it's in Leviticus. How many people will, it, it, have never read Leviticus? Let's, yeah, yeah, that, come on, look at the honest, honest people in the church up in the house, man. You start reading Leviticus, you go, dear God, but this got some phenomenal stuff in it. Let me draw you to a couple of scriptures in Leviticus chapter 6, verse 12. Here's what God was instructing Moses, and Moses was instructing the priests. Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. Verse 13. Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. Part of the priest's job when they would go to the portable temple, that was with the setup and the teardown tent in the Old Testament before they actually had the physical building called Solomon's Temple that Solomon actually built. Uh, the, the priests would go out and the priests would have to bring in fresh wood every day that the fire would not go out. This was God's order that there will always be fire on this altar. He was to put fresh wood on the fire every day. Listen to me, your job every day is to put fresh wood on the fire of your spirit. You need fresh wood every day. Not just a Sunday word, not just somebody preaching to you that you kind of download something once a month. No, every day your responsibility is to put wood on your fire. Uh, the, the wood, look, the wood is a word. Come on, say that with me, will you? The wood is a word. Come on, one more time. The wood is a word. Every day you add and you need a fresh word from God's word. Every day when you open up the Bible, every day when you sing a song, every day when you look at the devotion, every day you are then taking wood from the word of God and you're putting that on the fire of your spirit so your fire doesn't go out. Come on, that's what God wants for you. 
Your life and my life shouldn't be that every day somebody has to come and put a piece of wood on my fire. You should not need anybody to put wood on your fire. That's called fire fraud. I don't know. I just made it up. So every day you stoke, every day you stoke the fire of your spirit with time alone with God. Uh, two days ago, it's been raining, you know, my cycle, and so I was cycling outside yesterday, but the day before it was raining, so I got on my cycle, my trainer inside. And so I've, I've got this program called Zwift, and it's, you know, it's got an avatar, and I'm the avatar, and I'm watching on the screen my computer, and I can see what I'm riding, and where I'm riding the terrain and all that. But while I was doing it, I was just kind of like hanging out, doing a no-thinking no ride. I mean, other times I'm looking at numbers and concentrating, trying to hit certain speeds and certain watts and all that stuff, heart rate. But it was a day that was kind of an off day, so I'm just riding a little bit. And so while I'm doing that, I'll get a movie. So I had my phone, and, and I was watching a, a Christian movie. And while I'm ha watching this Christian movie, uh, a man, in the middle of my garage, at about 1 o'clock on Friday, I had an encounter with God. I'm just telling you, if your heart is open in worship to God, anytime that you're hearing the word of God, anytime anybody's speaking the word of God, that is like wood coming on the fire of your heart and your spirit. And I'm riding my bike. Can I just tell you honestly, I'm crying when I'm riding my bike. I'm bawling my eyes out thinking about how good God is and how wonderful he has been to me. I'm having a God moment on my bike. Listen, you can connect with God while you're walking the IB pier. In the middle of Costco, you can have a God encounter. Come, maybe, in Jesus' name. Uh, come on, you can meet God anywhere if you will just add wood to your fire. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you need some wood. Come on, you need some wood. The wood is a word. Get a word from God. Come on, get a word from God. Come on, get a word from God. Man, it's got to always be burning, he's saying. Now, that, that speaks of passion. That speaks of fire. That speaks of intensity. That speaks of heat. That, that, that speaks of, of giving light. That speaks of giving warmth to your life. Again, we do that for our bodies. We do that for our minds, our souls. But you must do it to your spirit. This is how you worship God with your spirit. Don't let the fire go out. Don't let it go out. Don't be that yo-yo Christian. Don't be that seasonal Christian. Don't be that person that's hot and cold. And, and, and if you're trying to figure it out, listen, you just keep eating the right stuff. You keep putting fire on. It might be a twig one day. It'll be a little bigger stick the next day. And come on, we're going to help you get fired up. Get in a small group. Get a, go through growth track. Get serving. You're going to start getting around people that are going through it just like you're going through it, but somehow have learned to keep putting wood on their fire. Come on, everybody. <laughs> I love this story of in the book of John. John, let me kind of set it up before we read just a couple of scriptures. Jesus is tired. Come on, he's with his disciples, and he's been, he's been on the trail, if you will, preaching and teaching and healing, and, and he's just tired. And so he goes out, and he hangs out at this well, and he's just waiting. And he tells his disciples, y'all go in there and get some food for us. They go into town to get some food, and this woman comes out. How many know Jesus is resting at the right spot? 
He's always stopping at the right spot. He knows exactly who's coming. He knew exactly that God was setting him up for a divine encounter with this woman called the woman of Samaria. Come on, th this woman doesn't even have a name. And so you could be out listening today, or you could be watching on YouTube or live, and you could be thinking, nobody knows me. Can I tell you? God knows you. He's got a plan for your life. And can, listen to me, I believe he's gonna intersect your life right now. Come on, like he did right here at this well. And Jesus starts this conversation with him, and it was at noon, and it was a high time, and you don't draw water at noon. The, the women would come out early in the morning to get the water for the day and go out late at night to get the water for the evening. And, and she was isolating. She was by herself. And, and we find out why she was by herself, because she's had five husbands, and she's living with a guy, and she's not really pleased with what's going on. But this is the hand life's dealt her. But no matter where you find yourself and what this woman found herself in, God's coming to intersect her life, and he's going to come to intersect your life. So Jesus starts having this conversation with her, and it's a deep conversation and uh, way too deep than we need to get in this morning. But I want to isolate a couple of words that, that really kind of point to where I want to go in the next couple of moments. Is that Jesus says to this woman, the time's coming, indeed is now here in John chapter 4, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit. Come on, read the rest of that, will you? So those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, the, the woman was really kind of uh, cr trying to get Jesus' attention off of her situation. And, and then she started talking about religious matters. And, and Jesus just brought it right back to what worship's going to be about, what the Father's really looking. And, and so Jesus said two simple things to, to, for, for her and for us to consider, not only now, but really for the rest of our life. That Jesus said, number one, we worship in spirit. We worship in spirit. And again, it's more internal than external. And religion's crazy. And can I just say, if you've been in church and, 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 and it's been, well, you come to church and like, like for instance, today, come on, I, I, got a, I got no tie on. I've got a kind of a jean jacket thing up here. I got a couple of things around me. I got, I got a watch on. I got some bedangle on my wrist. Come on, somebody. I got a holy jeans. Come on, holy jeans because I've been praying so much. No, I'm just, I just got holy jeans. And a lot of churches would say, well, you can't be up there. You can't preach. You can't do that. Because worship, worship is, is a look. Worship is a, worship is a style of music. Worship is all that. But Jesus is saying we worship in spirit. It's more internal than external. It's not a style. It's a heart attitude directed towards God. That's what we need to worship. Well, that's what we need to work on, guys. We need to work on. It's, 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 not, it's not just a certain song, and it's not a certain look, and it's, it's not if I don't have a tattoo or I do have a tattoo, and it's, it's not if I carry a big Bible or don't have a Bible and I look on my phone. It's not that. It's more internal than external. So be careful who you judge. So he said we worship in spirit, and then he said we worship in truth. We worship in truth. 
And this means concerning who God is and what his will is for you. We worship in truth. And of necessity, of course, that means that we need to know what the word of God says. We need to know the word of God. We worship in truth or else if we don't know the truth, the truth can't set us free, Jesus tells us in John 8. So we have to have a constant dialogue with God of his truth for our lives or else we will be misinformed or uninformed or there will be lies told to us that we will then think are and do become the truth because we find out that Satan is the master deceiver and liar. Jesus actually says he's been a liar from the beginning. He never speaks the truth. But if you don't know the truth, you and I will be susceptible to the lie. So we must worship in spirit, more internal than external, and we must worship in truth according to who God is and God's will and his purpose for our life. Jesus said God the Father is looking for people to worship this way. So he's looking for you, he's looking for me to lean in to what this means. Now I've got a ton of things I wanna look for you to look at on the screen, so just draw your attention to that for the next couple moments. I don't know exactly where I got this from, but I just read this and I started copying it and I thought it was brilliant. True worship must be in spirit. That is engaging the whole heart. For worship to be in spirit, it means it engages my whole heart. It works in me. It starts changing me. It starts causing my heart to move toward God. And unless there's a real passion for God, there is no worship in spirit to God. If there is no passion... If there is no fire, if there is no thrust, if there is no zeal, and by, but listen, we're all different, and I'm a very, as you can tell up here, I'm a very animated guy. I'm, I, I, it's easy for me to raise my hands. It's easy for me to jump a little bit. It's easy for me to be outward. Maybe that's not your makeup. I, I think you need to swing your makeup that way a little bit, uh, but, but, but maybe you're more quiet and more reserved. So again, it's not an outward show, it's an inward thing, but, but, but do you, are you a a quiet person with some fire. Yes. <laughs> Not a loud person with show that has no fire on the inside. So, so again, we don't want to judge anybody, but, 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 but true worship, a passion for God, a, a, a worship in spirit to God. And at the same time, draw your attention on the screen. Worship must be in spirit that is properly informed. Again, properly informed. Unless we have a knowledge of God that we worship, there is no worship in truth. This is the wood we put on our fire. It's not just praise him, huh, hallelujah, and fired up, and I'm fired up. What you fired up for? I don't know. I'm just fired up. Well, well, well you got a word? No, I don't know. God, I don't know a word, but I'm just fired up. You, you, that's not worship in spirit and in truth. It's not either or. It's both and. Both are necessary for God honoring worship. Spirit without truth leads to a shallow, a shallow, overly emotional experience that could be compared to a high. <laughs> as soon as the emotion's over, the worship ends. It just ends. Worship ends. It's over. As soon as the high is over, it's, it's, we, we see this all the time. You go to the concert. Ha! Ah, pray! Wow! Ah, and then you leave and kind of go, what, what happened? I, I don't know, man. I was sure good when it was there. God doesn't want you to have a high. When it ends, it's over. God wants you to go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from strength to strength. Come on. 
So truth without spirit can result in a dry, passionless encounter that can easily lead to a form of legalism with no real joy. <laughs> so the truth, well, we're going to believe the God, we're going to believe God, but we're just not happy about it. And, we're, and we're, there's no passion. And, and, and you know those Bible thumpers. And maybe you were raised that way and just thumping you with the word. But there's no joy. There's no life. There's no zeal. There's no passion for God. It's passion to be right. And everybody's got to think like me. The combination of both spirit and truth results in an appreciation of God informed by Scripture. The more we know about God, the more we appreciate Him. The more we appreciate Him, the deeper our worship. The deeper our worship, the more God is glorified. Paul writes to the Romans and he says this in Romans 12, 11, not lagging in diligence, be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Don't lag in diligence, don't lag in work, whether it's natural, secular, or spiritual. Be diligent, be, be diligent, be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Again, fervent in spirit means hot, on fire, enthusiastic, full of zeal, full of passion. This is who you are. This is what it means to worship in spirit. This is, mean, this is what it means to go to work tomorrow, working for the boss, in the spirit, with your spirit, your soul, and your body. I'm going to be in it. I'm going to be passionate. I'm going to use my gift, talent, and ability here at the workplace. I'm going to use my gift, talent, and ability right here in church. I'm going to worship God with my body. I'm going to worship God with my mind. I'm going to worship God with my spirit. Can you say amen? Uh, before we close, I want to give you this portion of scripture that really shows you a dude in the New Testament in Acts chapter 18 named Apollos. Uh, Apollos was a guy that two believers will read the story that they encountered to a husband and wife duo called Priscilla and Aquila. And they encountered a guy named Apollos and they had this God meeting with him and it was phenomenal. The scripture records that meeting. I think it's got something to say to us today about what it means to worship in and with our spirit. Here's the encounter in Acts chapter 18, verse 24. I want to read it from the Message Bible. Here's what it says. A man named Apollos came to Ephesus. He was a Jew born in Alexandria, Egypt, and he was a terrific speaker, eloquent and powerful in his preaching of the Scriptures. He was well-educated in the way of the Master and fiery in his enthusiasm. Apollos was accurate in everything he taught about Jesus up to a point, but he only went as far as the baptism of John. He preached with power in the meeting place, and when Priscilla and Aquila, here's his couple, heard him, they took him aside and told him the rest of the story. I love that. He's preaching. This dude's on fire, man. This dude's got it going on. But Priscilla and Aquila heard him and said, hey, man, what you're doing is amazing, but there's more. But there's more. Come on, somebody. There's more. There's more in your spirituality than you've probably encountered up until now. Regardless of how spiritual you are, regardless of how much truth you know, regardless of how much of the words you know, regardless of how long you've worshipped God in your spirit and been in church, I believe there's more for all of us. 
I, I want to look at this and just give you four points in closing. I think that are are, are are staggering, if you will, and just and just what was going on with this guy's life and his response. Because most people, if you got it going on and you're eloquent and you're you're, you're teaching and you've got a crowd and things are happening, you want to tell somebody, don't tell me what to do. It's okay right now, but not this brother. This brother had something I want to get in my heart, and I hope you do too. So what's it look like to worship God with your spirit? I believe there's four points here that we can see from Apollos. Number one, Apollos was an eloquent man, the scripture said. He was an eloquent man. He worked on how he did it. He was an eloquent man, an eloquent man. His gift was speaking. His gift was speaking. So he had to give attention to how he spoke. You don't wake up eloquent. You wake up as a kid and you learn that in school and you fashion your gift and you take responsibility and you start on the bottom and you rise up and you learn how to speak to different groups and you learn how to hold yourself. You learn how to look. You learn voice inflection. You learn looking in the eye. He was an eloquent man. He learned and he began working on how he did what God gave him to do. So a spirit used in worship to God isn't lazy, isn't lethargic. Work on your gift. You have a gift, Romans says. It's been given to you by God. Everybody's got not only one thing, I believe you've got a couple of things. Now your responsibility is to turn that over to God in worship to God and put in the hard work, listen to me, to get better. That's worship. Get better. The second thing we see is that Apollos was mighty in scriptures. He was mighty in scriptures. Secondly, he worked, he worked on what he did. He worked the eloquent how he did it, but now he's working on what he did. So to be mighty in the scriptures, guys, listen, he had to study. He had to examine the scriptures. Come on, he, I don't know how long it took him. I don't know how long it took him to prepare for a message. I don't know how, what it took before he would get up and, and give an oration and, and go from city to city or where he was doing when Priscilla and Aquila heard him. But, but they heard him and went, I mean, this guy's good. He's got it going on. They said, he's an eloquent man. He's mighty in the scriptures. So listen, he gave time and attention to his skill, reading and studying and meditating and examining the word of God. Again, this was him as a preacher, but you have a gift. You have a gift inside you, so you must give attention to it. <laughs> Apollos, we find out, was fervent in spirit, the scripture says. He was fervent in spirit. This is what worship to God looks like. He was fervent in spirit. He worked on why he did it. So he's got a gift, but come on, uh, he, he, this speaks of his inner passion. This speaks of his zeal. This speaks of his enthusiasm. He had to work on that. He had, he had to make sure that, that he's coming out and he's not dead wood while he's giving a living word. Have you ever heard someone preach or you ever been in a school or you ever been someone that that person's passionless? 
They're telling me everything that's right, but there's no zeal. There's no fire. So, so, so this speaks of his inner passion and his zeal and his enthusiasm. He wasn't dead. He wasn't dry. He wasn't cold. He wasn't lifeless. Listen, your family needs this for you. The, the, the area of your ministry here in the church needs this for you. The world needs this for you. The world is looking for a fired up church. Can you say amen? Full of life. Come on, full of life. And just lastly, I love this, is that Apollos was open for more of God. He was open for more of God. Man, he just worked on humility, because we read it. He, he's got it going on. Like, I've read this for years. He's got it going on. It, it's, it's, like, it's like his YouTube channel was busting. His followers and IG were, were on the up on the up swing. I mean, he had hundreds of thousands of IG followers, and Aprilla, Priscilla and Aquila said, hey, man, let us show you the way more perfectly. What, what are you talking about? How many, how many, how big's your business? How many cities you been to? How many people are following you? What? That's not what the brother was saying. The brother was humble. He was humble. How humble are you when anybody tells you we can do it better? How humble are you? Don't, no, no, no. I've been doing this for, how, no, come, I, come on. I've been preaching since I was 25. I've been doing this 35 years. Listen, I am constantly trying to work on what I do. I want to listen. I'm going, man, I've never heard that preaching like that. I want to get better. I, I, want to, I want to submit my gift to you, Lord. I want to study better. I want to pray better. I want to know the truth better so I can deliver to who you want me to deliver better. Can you say amen? He worked on humility. They got together with him, and Priscilla and Aquila started talking about Jesus more and the resurrection and probably the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Doesn't seem that like he knew anything about that. So he, he heard that, and then he left the encounter. He left the encounter, and he began preaching with more and more power because he heard more and more truth. How open are you for the truth? How open are you? to submit your life under the Lordship of Jesus Christ with your spirit, with your soul, and with your body. That you would present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto Him, which is your reasonable worship. And you would not be conformed to the world, but you'd be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you could prove the good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. One translation says, again, this is the acceptable way you worship God. And then now, with my spirit, that it's an internal thing, not an external thing. I don't want to look on the outside so much. I want to look on the inside. Why do I have that fear and that negativity? Why do I have that doubt? Why is there racism in me? Why is this, Lord, I'll submit this so I can worship you in spirit and in truth. I want to work on me, Father. I'm going to take wood from your word every day and put it on the, on the fire of my heart, and I want to burn brighter. In a dark world, I want to burn brighter. Give me a God word to everybody I meet, Lord God, that is dark and is confused. Father, I pray for a prophetic word and a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge and a word of encouragement that's going to lift someone's burdens. And Lord, use me to set captives free. I want my fire to burn brighter. How about you? Come on, can you say amen? Come on, bow your head. Close your eyes all over this room. Would you do that? Dear Father God, we come to you. What an amazing...